Hello and welcome home. You're listening to the Tribe Abuja podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you to know and make known the truth and love of God the Father as expressed through His Son, Jesus. Let's listen to the message. So today's service and the sermon is titled Forward. Amen. Forward. Can we say it together? Forward. Amen. And it's taken from Exodus 14, 9 to 16. But before we read that scripture, I wanted to share something. Um, uh, one of the things I love doing, uh, one of the type of shows I love watching, they're not shows, but one of the type of content I consume a lot is documentaries, especially on Netflix. So Netflix has amazing, amazing documentaries. And um, one of the ones that I started recently was World War II in color. So this, whoever the company was, you know, they gathered footages from the World War II, from the 1940s, and they edited it, and they all have color. And it's like really, really cool, and they, they tell different stories from different battles, you know, in the five-year war. The war was from like 1939 to 1945 or so, right? But, um, you know, it tells the story of how Hitler's, of Hitler's ambitions, the Nazis, their ambitions, um, how the Allied forces came together, how Britain, uh, Britain rallied its people so that they can fight, you know, and how the world came together to fight. And in, sometimes, you know, it's, it feels like an action movie, and I forget, like, it's actual people that I bought. Um, it's so interesting to see how people fight for themselves. So the Nazis, Hitler believed that the German race, they were superior race, and he actually says they're the supermen, and every other race was inferior to them. So he believed it was his right to subdue the entire world, starting from Europe, and he wanted to spread to, you know, wherever he was, the tentacles of Nazism was going to spread to. But he believed that the German race was a superior race, and he wanted to spread that ideology. One of the battles that um, interested me is called the Battle of the Bulge. And that is because in history, America says that that is their third bloodiest war, and battle rather. And it was fought in Belgium. They lost about nine, they had about 90 casualties with about, is it 40,000 men getting missing and about 20,000 people confirmed dead. You know, just, you see these numbers and you're just wondering, like, these are human lives, people's sons, people's daughters, uh, people's sons, people's fathers, some, and some women went to war. But one of the stories that came back and the soldiers that was telling his story, he said they had ordered them to move forward because what had happened was the Germans attacked them and they had lost massive casualties. And after two weeks of rest, he, the, the, his commander told his infantry to go forward. They ordered them and commanded them to go forward. And he said they were scared. And as they approached, approached the front lines, a battle ensued and for the first time, he said they, they started defeating the German soldiers and the German soldiers started to run. And this is what this soldier was saying. He said for the first time, he saw the German soldiers retreat. And he said, 
for the first time they realized that they were men after all. Because for some, like, these people had been acting without emotion, almost, they were hitting almost all their targets, you know, and winning the world, winning battles, and that soldier said for the first time, because they saw the German soldiers retreat, these people were men after all. And it just got me thinking in line with what um, we're going to be reading today from Exodus 14, that a lot of times what we think our problem is, is not our problem. So let's open to Exodus 14 and you'll see what I'm, the, the, um, the point I'm trying to make. <clears throat> Exodus 14. And just to give you a brief, this is after the nation of Israel had been liberated by Moses and after the 10 plagues and um, they had started going into the wilderness and the Lord said <clears throat> they should come somewhere because they had approached the, the, Red, the Red Sea. So the Lord said they should wait. But he had told Moses that, look, Pharaoh is coming because I'm going to harden his heart. Then, you know, after the Israelites had left, it's like Pharaoh and his people came to his senses and they started chasing after the Israelites. So we are joining the story at that point where um, Pharaoh and his armies approached them. So this is from verse 9, Exodus 14 from verse 9. The Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army and overtook them and camped at the sea by Piharhiroth in front of Baal Zephon. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them and they feared greatly and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? It is not this that we said to, is this, is this not this that we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve, serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Verse 13, and Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm. Amen. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will never see again. Listen, the Lord will fight for you. you the Lord will fight for you. You have only to be silent. And this is Jesus, um, God's response to Moses. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Amen. Say it with me. Go forward. Go forward. Amen. So like I said, a lot of times, what you think your problem is, is not your problem. A lot of us think that the coronavirus is our problem, that the pandemic is our problem. What's, that is not our problem. Our major problem is fear. There's a spirit of fear that has been released in the world. And this is not saying that the virus is not real or the pandemic is not real, but fear is crippling people more than the pandemic is. Amen. Do you agree with me? 
Fear is crippling people more than the pandemic is because think about it like the American soldier. He said for the first time he saw the German soldiers retreat and this is what he said, that for the first time they realized they were human beings after all. That they were human beings after all. Do you know what these German soldiers they were doing? They were taking, um, and that was then, um, I hope I get it right, um, sometimes you help me, methamphetamine. I, I think that's the guess. So is this drug that makes you, it basically makes you act superhuman in, in some ways. So it dumbs your will and emotion, I mean, it strengthens your will, dumbs your emotion so you don't really feel anything. And this, they were buying it over the counter and Hitler was making a company produce this drug en masse for the German soldiers. So the Americans were going to war with their training. <laughs> the German soldiers were going with their training plus drugs and whatever it is, they, some people even say jazz, but whatever, whatever it is they were using. Amen. What do you think your problem is? Is not your problem. And if you identify your problem, you'll be able to win it. Amen. That's why Moses told the Israelites what? Fear not, then what? Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will grant to you when? Today. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year. Are you with me? See the salvation of the Lord. Fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord. So if you're able to identify your problem, which is fear, you'll be able to conquer. So these people, and because they had rationalized it, and the Egyptians, their former um, masters were behind them, and imagine the entire um, army host of Egypt was behind them, and what was before them was what? The Red Sea. So you cannot, if you go back, you die at the hands of the Egyptians. If you go forward, you drown in the Red Sea. Right? So, behind you, problem. In front of you, problem. Wahala. And sometimes for us, because in a way, we are ashamed of our past and we are afraid of our future. So we are crippled by indecision, we are crippled by fear, and we will rather remain inactive and complain and complain and complain. Do you know inactivity, lukewarmness, is the bread of the enemy. He feeds on our lukewarmness, he feeds on our inactivity. And he loves to see the children of God not moving. He tries on that. He, he will feed on your fear. You say, I see this person. He or she is afraid of her past, ashamed of her past. And he's afraid of the future. Because the headlines are telling us what? That we are in uncertain times, right? Don't do anything. Don't invest. Don't do, like, take all those advice. But... We are just in July, and the amount of scary headlines we've seen so far. For goodness sake, chimpanzees were stealing coronavirus. Um, what is that thing? What's it called? Samples. Samples. Did you ever think 
you hear that kind of thing. Like going into 2020, that you read from a legitimate... Like, I, when I saw that headline, I thought it was, you know, just one of those satire, uh, satirical papers or something. But I saw it on major newspapers. Monkeys stealing coronavirus. <laughs> and yes, next week we are going to see something scary. Next week we are going to see something scarier. Right? So they say we are in uncertain times, blah, 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 blah. But we, the children of God, we know one thing is for certain. We know who authored time. Amen. And it is who? Our Father. It is Abba. So even though we are in uncertain times, we have the certainty of the one who authored time. So we are good. We are safe. Amen. So stop dragging your past and, be, uh, and stop being afraid of the future. And fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of God. Amen. Do not be crippled by inactivity, indecision, and fear. Don't be crippled by that. Because the enemy thrives on that. Hallelujah. Go forward. Since you cannot tell your neighbor, go forward. Tell yourself, go forward. Go what? Go forward. And that was God's response to Moses. He said, Moses, why do you cry to me? Go forward. And that's what the Lord is telling you this morning. Why are you crying? Why are you complaining? Go forward. And this is not just some kind of motivational speech from God telling you, move on with your life. He's saying, make progress. Amen? Make progress. Hallelujah. Because, like joke, like joke, we are in July, the seventh month. Abby, 2020 will soon end. And a lot of us, we've not done anything because we've been afraid, crippled by fear. But the Lord is telling you this morning to what? Go forward. He's telling you to make progress, to deliberately make progress, to have measured incremental progress in your life. Now, your plans may have changed. You may have plans to be in Canada. But you have nowhere. <laughs> Toronto. <laughs> you have nowhere to go. See, life is not linear. We do not plan that we will be here and moving like this, this season. And my first sermon this year at the tribe, January 5th, I said we should move at what the speed of God. And the title of that sermon was Momentum. I said, look, I don't know how this year is going to be. I'm not going to come here and lie to you and tell you that you are going to speed. You are going to... I said, no. I said, every one of us must realize that it is a marathon. You should think more like Eliud Kipchoge, the Kenyan marathon winner, and less than um, Usain Bolt. It's when Bolt's the marathon sprinter. Respect to him. But life is a marathon. You should think more in that direction. And know when to speed up and when to slow down. Move at the speed of God. So we've reached the second half of the year now. And the Lord is telling us to what? 
Go forward. Amen. Do not cripple your life with inactivity, with lukewarmness. Make deliberate plans to grow. Like I said, life is not linear. So you ask him, Lord, what's next? What should I do next? What are your plans for me? What are you doing in the world and how can I be part of it? Glory to God. Move what? Forward. Why do you cry to me, Moses? Move forward. Go forward. Hallelujah. And we see this actually in the life of our Lord and Savior. The Bible says that he increased in wisdom in stature. Amen. He, Jesus was someone that deliberately made progress. And when I'm saying make progress, I'm not saying be busy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying be busy. I'm not saying fill yourself with activity. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying find out what God is doing and be part of that. Now, some some of us, our spiritual life may have dipped this period because you fed from, um, you know, the gathering of the saints and prayer and um, worship, community, that week in, week out um, fellowship has really, really helped your growth. But for the past three months, you've been unable to gather except on Zoom. And a lot of us are are having digital fatigue now. Because you're entering, like yesterday, I entered three meetings. Three meetings, like back to back. I finished the one with tribe, then I entered the YWAP one, then I entered the tribe leaders one. So a lot of us are now entering that fatigue. But it shouldn't deter you. Do not be discouraged. Find every way to make sure you grow your spiritual life. Amen. Plug into prayer. Deliberately study the word. Churches are, are, are scrambling and are finding it difficult. Even us here. Because we have a lot of people that are struggling with their faith. And this thing just made it worse. But I want to say stop crying. Amen? Move forward. Move forward. Go forward. And it has to be a decision you make personally. Hallelujah. And also, when I'm saying move forward and I'm saying don't, um, don't conflict this for busyness, right? Some of us also th- call rests. You're, 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 rest, you're saying you're resting, but you're really just lazy. <laughs> rest is a spiritual thing. Amen. And by the grace of God, when we are done, we will enter the rest of God. We will enter his fullness and his rest. But you, your, what some of you are calling rest is really just laziness. It's really just laziness. And you have to repent from that. So if you are resting, it should be so that you are re-strategizing, you are praying, and you're filling yourself with the Holy Spirit, and you're feeding on the word, so that you can what? Move forward. Amen? Because we see that in the life of Jesus as well. After he will minister to the crowds, he will separate himself often, right? Go and spend time in prayer, resting, so he can what? 
move forward so that he can go and minister. So are you really resting or you are just lazy? And if it's the latter, we still have the opportunity to repent and to move forward. Amen. Very quickly, as I round up, um, let's see how Apostle Paul will encourage us with this. Philippians 3, Philippians 3, 12 to 14. Philippians 3, 12 to 14. This is Apostle Paul. He said, not that I have already obtained this or I am already perfect, but I press on to make it known, to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what you have attained. Amen. But basically, from 12, 13, it says, verse 13, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, let's read it together, straining forward, to what lies ahead. Hallelujah. Amen. A lot of us are not moving forward because we don't know what lies ahead. Or we have lost sight of the vision. We've lost sight of the goal. Because all you see when you peer ahead, when you look into the future, is darkness. But Paul is reminding us this morning that there is something to hope for. There is a future to hope for. Amen? And you should strain forward to attain it. He says, not that I've already attained this, but I what? I press on. Amen? That is our goal. And if you're here and you've lost sight of that vision, I want to ask you that please ask the Lord to fill you with light. Amen? So that you may see what he has in store for you. A future, a future, an expected end. You're not serving a God that doesn't reward us. Hallelujah. There is an expected end. And I, my prayer for you this morning and for those of you watching is that the Lord fills your heart, your eyes with light. So that you can what? See again. So that you can see the vision of God. And you can... Go forward. Because when you lose sight of the vision, you will stumble and you will remain in inactivity. Or worst, you get lost totally. But when you have vision, you continually see it. Hallelujah. Let's look to one of the fathers of our faith again and so that he will encourage us. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 verse 8. Very quickly, he says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Listen, by faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, 
living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the promise. Verse 10, can we read it together? For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is who? God. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations. Amen. Amen. My prayer is that you don't lose the vision, but that you are filled with vision. It says Abraham was kind of in the same situation we are in. Hallelujah. But he looked forward to the city whose foundation and builder is who? Is God. And it should be so with us as well. Amen. I want you, when you, and one of the ways to find vision again is to look to the word of God. Hallelujah, thank you. Well, one of the ways to find vision, again, is to look to the word of God. Hallelujah. Because in the word, you see, as, you see yourself as God sees you. You see that your past, your shame, your guilt has been blotted out, stripped away. Amen. But you see your future. Hope we know, we know how this ends, right? How, do, how does this end? In victory. Amen. So when you go to the scripture, it's almost as if you are seeing, uh, what's the name of that X-Men title? Days of Future Past. It's the future, but you know how it's going to end. Hallelujah. So it ends in victory. Heads or tails, we win. Hallelujah. Heads or tail, we what? We win. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. So I want you to tell yourself again, go forward. Let's say it together. Go forward. One last time. Go forward. That is the word of the Lord to you this morning. He said, why do you cry to me? Why do you complain? Lastly, before I go, the reason Moses was able to boldly say, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of God is because he had a track, uh, a track record of testimonies of what God has done. From the burning bush to the last plague. Amen? You have testimonies in your life that are pointers to God showing up for you in the past. So why are you afraid of the future? Why are you scared of the future? Amen? God has a track record. Go back and find it. That's why a lot of times when he was speaking to the Israelites, he was saying the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because he had a track record. And when um, he was speaking to Moses, he was telling, uh, Moses was telling the Israelites a lot of time that, see, this thing, teach it to your children. Tell them it's the God that saved you from the Egyptians and carried you through the Red Sea. God has a track record. He has shown up for you before. So what, why do you think he's not going to show up again? Move forward. Amen. Amen. Let me just share one last thing to encourage you. Um, a lot of us know the story of David and Goliath. And um, one of the things we talk about in that story is 
David was a small boy. He was 17 years old. You understand? He was fighting a nine-foot-tall giant. So it looked like David was at a disadvantage, right? And that's how motivational speakers always tell you to believe in yourself. Right? David, face your David, face your giants. Goliath was the one that at a disadvantage. Because what did David say? Who is this uncircumcised, what, Philistine? He said this person, basically what he was saying is, who is this person that is not under covenant? Because circumcision was the mark of the covenant God had with Israel. Amen? So David was like, who, who is this small boy? Who is this one that is not under covenant, that does not have the protection and provision that we have in God? Amen. So when people tell you to face your Goliath, you should stop looking at Goliath like this mountain. You should look at it like as something, your challenges and your problems as something that is not under covenant. Hallelujah. And Jesus was speaking in Luke 22. He said, when he was instituting the Lord's Supper, the communion, he said, this is my body and my blood, which is the what? New covenant. And the author of Hebrews tells us that God, Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant. Amen. Amen. He's the great high priest and the mediator of the new covenant. And he said that this covenant is enacted on better promises. Amen. Amen. David was able to down Goliath under the old covenant. The old covenant. But we have a great high priest who is ministering right now. Can you just open your mouth and be praying for yourself? We have the great high priest who is ministering right now under the new covenant and is enacted under better promises. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you were blessed by the message. To listen to more, consider subscribing, sharing, and rating the podcast. We love you.